We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 345 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and fresh off his visit to the Camp Nou from Barcelona, Eintracht Frankfurt, it's Barcelev. And I should mention, too, Barcelev is one of the two or three Kool-Aids that was at the Camp Nou today. I'm saying that in jest, but of course, we're going to kick it off with your feelings, your general reaction. But the first thing we have to start with, of course, Levon, is hello. And there was a lot of Eintracht Frankfurt supporters there. Uh, hey man, no, the first thing we're going to start with <laughs> is my Estrella Dam. Yeah, yeah. Um, he deserves it. He deserves it. Yeah, I got a couple of them. So you might have to edit a lot because, um, you know, uh, I might revert to type and you're going to have my Twitter language instead of my um, uh, Barcelona podcast, la- podcast language today. But what a show. I mean, this is just insane. This was just insane. Saying, are you referring um, to the supporters group or even the match itself? Or no, not the match, not the match. I'm proud of the team. Good, yeah, I'm well, proud I'm of the team. You know, I have no problem with any player on that pitch today. I have no problem with the coach. But like we knew that there were a lot of Germans in town, we also knew that there would be a lot of Germans in the stadium. But I arrived and I arrived like five minutes before the game because I left work at uh, eight o'clock. The game was at nine. I had to come by the house to, to drop off uh, some stuff. And then I went straight to the stadium. My wife told me to be careful because there were like some disturbances. And there were a lot of riot police out with uh, tear gas guns. But I didn't see any I didn't see any trouble, didn't come across any beef. But I went into the stadium. Everybody's wearing white shirts. Like I, I told the, the girl sitting next to me, Paula, I'm like, what is this? Is what I told her. It's, it looks like the effing Bernabeu. Like, it seemed as if maybe half the stadium, I know probably a bit less, but there were maybe 30,000 Frankfurt fans in there. And I told her right there and then, look, we already lost this match. We're not going to win. Impossible. Impossible. Sports is about momentum and for an away team to have so much support in a huge stadium means that that momentum will go against us every time. There was no way we were going to win the match, even though I believed until the end that we could come back. But everything everything was stacked against us. So in the first half, they hardly did anything. They had a penalty from what people told me, because one of the people sitting next to me always listens to, to the radio report to, to get the commentary. So whenever there's like a dubious call, that person immediately tells me what people are saying on the radio because they get the replays and stuff. They said it was a dubious call. It was a 50-50. I don't know. 
But anyway, it went against us. Then I actually thought we played quite, quite well the first half. We dominated. Uh, we created a couple of chances, especially uh, er- earlier on. But then when in the 34th minute, they scored that second goal, which was just banger out of nowhere. Yeah. Momentum goes against you. And when they score and you have the whole stadium, your own stadium supporting the other team, how are we going to blame? How are we going to bl- blame players for being negatively affected? And and it's not just the momentum that goes against us, but do you know the energy and the belief that that gives the Frankfurt team on the pitch? They were playing with 12 men, literally, because here really like their fans were the 12 men. Yeah, I, I got a few. I got a few reactions to what you had to say, and again, bigger picture, bigger context. I, you know, I as I was watching that match, especially in the first half, I was wondering to myself. Dembele, I want to start with the positive here. He went out there like he had fire in his belly and he had some fight. From minute one, even when he was switched over to the left side for that second half, he was defending in Barcelona's half. He was just going nuts. He was going right at guys. He was blowing past everybody. And I was thinking to myself, I wonder if that's because there's one player on the field for Barcelona tonight, other than Luke de Jong late on in the second half, who's been jeered and booed out of that stadium. And it's Usmane Dembele, as if the one player who's used to being booed at the Camp Nou or has been booed with ferocity at the Camp Nou before was prepared for that kind of atmosphere at home. As if he was the one guy who was in the right headspace to deal with that malarkey, if you want to call it that, going on at home. And, you know, the next thing I want to do is the big picture stuff because I was definitely a little harsher as I usually am. I'm a little harsher on the team for the five headlines. YouTube is a little more negative here than the level-headed people that listen to our podcast, which is really nice. So we're able to be a little more level-headed about the match itself. I, I think I have a few more problems with you in terms of just the, the tactics of it and the X and O's. Not so much about the belief, as you said. Not so much about the fight, the desire, and all the things that were going against the players themselves, but by the opposition. So one of the questions for you, and you've come on the show and have really been a light to shed light, if we will, on the ticket buying process, season ticket holders, and how that exchange works. So I think the big question is, you know, Xavi said it in postgame, Laporta said it in postgame, we're going to have to look at this. So obviously, if they didn't have the immediate answer, I'm not expecting you to have the answer either. But for your understanding the last few days, and the process in which you went about, you know, just being a part of this and being a part of that match, how do you think 30,000 Eintracht Frankfurt people got in it? Was it apathy? You know what I mean? For for Kool-Aid, for socios? Is it just, again, apathy on a, a Thursday night in the Europa League? Is it that? Because to me, I, I think one of the through lines they might find is that while the team itself respected the Europa League, the Kool-Aids or socios on a Thursday night who were getting out of work didn't necessarily respect the Europa League. And that is what partially led to this. But I mean, 30,000 is a lot of tickets. That's a lot of people to not show up and Eintracht Frankfurt fans to, to sneak in instead. And not sneak in, but to, to get a ticket instead. I mean, th- this happened because most of our fans are, are completely worthless. So that uh, like, they're going to hear the censor there. But so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that up to apathy. You know, they're apoplectic about Barcelona where they're at now, right? That only, do you think that only a Champions League final or not a final, but only a Champions League semifinal or only the uh, El Clasico or maybe even Sevilla, that that's the only stakes that so many of these socios find that if it's not one of those matches, then why am I going? I mean, that's what I expect. That's the expectation that Barcelona needs to be for me to show up. Yeah, you have some people who only go to the Clasico or who who only go to like a couple of big matches uh a season like it's but you know the the problem is not 
oh, they only go to the big games. The problem is that they are sh-. like beep it out, beep it out. People will will understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It, we, we are a worthless fan base. We don't deserve to win this game. You do not deserve to win a game where where this happens. You know, it's we deserve to lose it. The players don't deserve it. The club doesn't deserve it. We deserve it. The fans deserve it. Barcelona deserves it. Catalonia deserves it. And you, you ask the people who are in the stadium, because everybody on the stadium was upset about it. Like all mm-hmm. every social, because there, there's I, I sit around other socials, every social was upset about it. And the first thing they say, it's the fault of the club, to which I say that, that that's nonsense. This is not the fault of the club. This does not happen in other, other countries, in other cities. Why doesn't it happen? Because their fans go to their games. That's why it doesn't happen. Did you see Eintracht Frankfurt last week? How, like, that stadium is completely full. Yeah. I mean, is it the money? Eintracht Frankfurt is not the biggest club in Germany. Well, that's it. Is it that that just like, I mean, Man United, something like this happened at Man United a few years ago, I think, when they were, we'll say, like, in the Europa League or down in their own thing. I think they were, or Tottenham, maybe the same thing before they changed stadiums. Did you think that once these teams like Barcelona have become such a major brand that, I mean, you have socios who are just, you know, there's money to be made more. I mean, and they're doing on the back of this club that has become a global brand. And so there's so many people who are dying to go to the stadium. And so they're going to pay premium dollar and no offense to the, the price of a ticket for Eintracht Frankfurt and the demand. But do you think it comes down to economics like that, supply and demand? That so many people want to come in that socios are willing to kind of sell their soul, if you will, to, to make a buck as opposed to as opposed to holding on to their ticket because that's what they truly want to do. Like, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's like, do you think that's the methodology that, that, that has happened because Barca have become the all-dominant force they've become in the last 15 years? I think what happened in Manchester United is that you had a whole bunch of fans that broke away from the club when uh, mm-hmm. the Glazers took over. Like they even have that like alternative Manchester United with a green logo and stuff yeah. like that, and they started like an amateur club somewhere. So I th- I think that that situation is slightly different. Uh, again, you, you you go to England, and even their uh, their lower division clubs are sold out. You know. It's almost like a high school game in the States where everybody goes to support their high school team for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, in the UK, so, in the UK, I mean, they. it's interesting because the passion was so great that they had to fight against hooliganism for 20 years, right? And they thought that they would actually overcorrect and take out the actual supporters. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. They've done just fine. That there's been, yeah. they were able to, I mean, fortunately, I mean, it took people dying, but they were able to curtail some of that, you know, bad behavior. And especially the Premier League money and the glitz and the glamour of the cameras and all that stuff certainly did change the atmospheres as well. Yeah, yeah. Or look at Atleti yesterday. Yeah. And 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 their stadium filled. You know, I think part of it is is the culture here, where you know, I don't know how to say it without being insulting. So <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. I should maybe I shouldn't say it. Well, um, yeah, let's, then let's let's pivot. Let's pivot. Like I think we've I think the the real losers of this match are those who gave away their ticket to thirty thousand Frankfurt fans. I think Kule's agree. Like this match hangs on them more than it hangs on Laporta and Xavi and the players. And I mean, you want to give some credit to Eintracht Frankfurt for coming with a plan. But I want to do the positives here about the big picture. That as unfortunate as this result is, I mean, Barcelona were coming this match on a fifteen game unbeaten streak that was sensational from start to finish, and you know. Another big picture is that the only thing truly lost here, other than the Europa League trophy and that being pot one for next year's Champions League, but I quickly roll my eyes at that one because 
Can you tell me which pot each winner of the last five Champions Leagues was even in? One or two? Does it truly, truly matter what pot you're in? As long as you're the best team in Europe or you get lucky for, you know, I'm looking at Real Madrid here, but as long as you can get lucky in five straight matches, right? Two quarterfinals, two semifinals and a final, just a little bit of luck and enough skill and talent to win the Champions League, then you win the Champions League. It didn't matter if you were in pot one or pot two. So again, I don't think this takes away from what Xavi is starting to build. You know, I think there were glaring holes here a Gerard Piquet-filled, like, glaring hole, I thought, in this game. And I think that affected, obviously, Mangaitha starting, who wasn't ready to start this match. Distribution to Pedri just wasn't happening. I'm, there were early reports, too, that Pedri's season might be done. Does he have, an, like, some kind of long injury is what I'm seeing rumors about. Hopefully, those are just rumors, and he's okay or able to come back fit or whatever it is. But, I mean, that might... I don't think his performance in the first 45 minutes showed that he was counting some way to knock, but I just think he wasn't getting the ball from Araujo no. as the right center back or Mangaitha who just, again, he looked out of form. He looked out of his depth. He looked like he hadn't played in two months because he hasn't played in two months. And then again, he basically could get the ball to Dembele. And then that's when Barcelona were in the business. But Pedri wasn't really affecting the game. And certainly, I, I'm actually not sure why it wasn't Frankie de Young and Pedri to start the match, if anything, with Pedri working on the left as a left interior and Frankie de Young as a right interior. But, you know, Xavi has his reason Apparently Frankie that. was sick. Yeah, then that's the easy answer. Then that's the reason. Yeah. So that's, and that's unfortunate too, right? That Ansu wasn't, prepared or hasn't been healthy enough this season at all and to be available then PK was there because yeah uh, no offense to Aubameyang but Aubameyang's been trotted out for uh what 60 to 70 minutes for all, throughout this 15 game and beat streak and he looks a bit tired the last four three or four matches like Aubameyang looks like he should have been rotated just like the midfield was rotated and he had his opportunities in this game but he was a step slow to them and so yeah I mean Ansu I think up top looked like and then uh, Memphis Dubai wasn't ready to start this match either he was just coming back mm-hmm. Des wasn't ready to start this match either he had to come in the 60th in case wins extra time so I think for the first time in a little bit we really saw that depth for Xavi was tested that even though Xavi has been able to using four January transfers and some good young players and made improvements helped the squad out even though they've taken huge steps forward this team still has a summer transfer window with a lot of not a lot but a, a few more you know, free agents or some, you know, market splashes, if you will, to come over the summertime to fully push this team forward. We don't even know if next season is a season, but, you know, this certainly halts momentum, but it doesn't because as, as a reminder, the goal was to finish top four. Like, and, and Barcelona are probably going to do that very, very easily. They're going to do it with, you know, it's going to feel like a month and a half to go in the season. So don't detract from that. The fact that Langley was garbage against Levante, played himself out of the rotation again, and then Mingetha, who hadn't played in two months, was entrusted for what is a big European night, which again my, is my only worry is that this is just another European night. And how are you and I again for the upteenth time again this season talking about another failure in Europe, which I think oversimplifies it. So that, that's, not, that's not fair for me to create that narrative, but it's one of the ones that I leave with. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I think... Fighting back to two three changes it a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that too. You know, so this this is not this is not a tie where we went in with with a clear lead. No, the match was already difficult in Frankfurt, and there were very specific circumstances uh, in, in in tonight's match. If we had lost three zero, or it could have gone four zero, mm-hmm. then that would have been a huge problem for how how the media react, how to. Do players still want to renew, for example? Because like you can get into a negative spiral there. F- fighting back to 2-3 softens that somewhat. I thought Frankfurt were uh, incredibly uh, impressive at closing space. That like even like a lot of times when, uh, especially Dembele, he broke through and he got past his man. Even in situations where he got past his man and there was a lot of space, they just closed everything down so that he could not pass to anybody. He could not cross that ball anywhere where an attacker could get to it because they, they defended that uh, that space so well, which was frustrating. Yeah, I to, think the, to that point, I want to add that I thought Ndike, I know he got the two yellows, but I thought Ndike was really good for Frankfurt in this match. Yeah. I thought Sebastian Roda and Jokic on Busquets. Busquets only touched the ball 35 times in that first half even. And Kostic on the left side again I was you know, the man of the match. He got the PK. He also got the third goal. Coaches was mm-hmm. awesome and wrote it, wrote it was really good and in DK. So yeah, I, I, again, it's not, it's fair for us to give credit to Eintracht Frankfurt players. I mean, Rafael Bore was this future star when he was, what was at the U20 World Cup with Colombia? That's when Atletico Madrid first signed him. This was going to be a prodigy and Kosic as well has been around for a little bit of time and has had to kind of cut his teeth and try to say that Eintracht Frankfurt, I mean, this is also a team that was in the semifinal of the Europa League within the last few seasons. Was it last season or 2019? One of the two. You know, this is a team, the only team in the competition left, even club that's won the title. Won the, it was UEFA, it was UEFA Cup, what is it, 40 plus years ago? But it doesn't matter. I think when clubs know they won a trophy, they kind of go into it that extra bit of belief. It's why Barcelona has such a dominant mental edge in the Copa del Rey. That's their did, cup. That's their trophy to win every year. And they go in goal. they win it a couple of seasons ago? Eintracht Frankfurt? No, I think they yeah. made the final or the semifinal. And then they also made the DFB Pokal uh, a few seasons ago as well. Or they won that trophy. Either way, I don't know the Eintracht Frankfurt history. That's not what I'm here to do. But I'm just telling you, this is not like, even if they're seventh in the Bundesliga, and just like Villarreal, who's what, 11th in the Liga? Like Europe proves something different. Europe is just 90 minutes where it's about the guys on the pitch and they just have to believe in themselves. And Eintracht Frankfurt, you know, it's what I learned in kindergarten. You know, I believe in my believe in myself. Excellence starts with me. And, you know, and that's what Eintracht Frankfurt, they came with a plan for 180 minutes, both at home and on the road, and they executed. So again, I want to give credit to them. Yeah, you have to give credit to them. Well, I mean, again, it's a, it, it is such a difficult game to judge if you're not in the stadium because mm-hmm. that changed everything. 
like from it, it changed it from the start, and it also just changed it at, at a lot of a lot of different uh, moments during the game, and you felt it, like it's, and you heard how loud they were, yeah, uh, like on on TV we heard how like everybody was super impressed last week about the uh, the atmosphere in Frankfurt when we played them away, like for ninety for ninety minutes that was just a huge lion roar, and it was more of the same this time. So you know when when you have for example, you're trying to get momentum going. We're on the ball and you have 30,000 or 20,000 or 25,000, however many there were, whistling in our players. There's a lot. In our own stadium. Like, you know, it's it's just insane. What do you think the club can do about it? I mean, like, it's interesting this week, the same news that they've opened up. I mean, it costs a ton, but they've opened up club membership a little bit farther to, to internationals. Which again is interesting. You don't really get anything for it other than that, that doesn't change anything. But you know, well, no, no, yeah, exactly. Well, that doesn't change anything. But it's interesting that right that always that argument between you don't want to give too much pull because again, what's stopping someone who's international from doing the same thing that Socio is doing at the stadium, right? Like if you, as long as you have a seat in the stadium and have bought into that seat, what's stopping you from selling that seat? The only the only thing that they could really do is require attendance, right? Like you have to the previous season to renew your your seat. You have to have you physically have to have been in attendance at what fifty like fifty five sixty percent sixty five percent of matches. Yeah, like, like so that would I'm, be the only way, right? Th- that is easy. Like I'm not. I I agree with opening up the uh, membership for uh, for people outside of uh, Catalonia. That is not a problem, whatever, uh, whatsoever. However, if if you want to go to I'm, the I'm matches, a, personally, I'm flattered. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you want to go to the matches, if you want a season ticket, then guess what? You need to go to the Barcelona office, which is right at the camp now, and pick up your season ticket yourself. Like, you know, don't send season tickets anywhere outside of a two and a half hour radius of the stadium. Right. So, yeah. you know, you want it, come and get it. That's easy. But also like here, here's like everybody's blaming socios for selling their tickets. I don't know if that is what happened. Socios don't go to games. So that means that right off the bat, there are 40, 50,000 tickets up for grabs. Now, if Eintracht Frankfurt fans come to Barcelona and buy those tickets in mass, first a lot of them bought them on the internet, uh, then a lot of them bought them here. The club got wind of it like two days ago, and they're like, "Oh snap!" And they doubled the prices, and they they stopped selling tickets online. They cannot all of a sudden, two days in front of the game, say, "Well, you know, you can only you can only come." To, to the stadium with your ticket if you uh, if you show that you're the one who bought it and if you show your passport uh, or some kind of ID. Yeah, I mean, you can also price out Barca fans as well as trying to price out Eintracht Frankfurt fans. Like, it doesn't... It's, it's There's no difference in who you priced out. You might have priced out anybody. Yeah. So, you know, can the club do something about it? It's very difficult. Yeah, I mean, if anything... Um, right, so, so, like- somebody, somebody told me on Twitter... That they went to uh, the the Barcelona Galatasaray or the Galatasaray Barcelona game, and when they arrived to the stadium, uh, the security people made them throw away their throw out their Barca jerseys. You know that's something we could do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, know, you, you, you don't come in without a Barca jersey. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I can't I, say that I've been to like a ton of matches, but I can tell you that like in the same weekend, I went to a match in both Barcelona uh, at the Camp Nou, and then I also went to a match at uh, in Stuttgart against it was Bayer Leverkusen, so not even like a, a, a sheer rivalry game. And just the difference between a Bundesliga night and La Liga afternoon is like it's just literally night and day. Like yeah. for those who have never experienced those two things, like again, for me, it was just it just happened to be again, it was a. 20 degree i mean this is me using fahrenheit here but it was you know a very cold german night and it was again a very beautiful beautiful barcelona afternoon with like kids against celta de vigo and again it was night and day i mean and i also went two months after the in 2017 the independence referendum so like there were riot police there and there was like there was an edge to those matches that i i mean that i went to again it was less than two months and there was just there was a fever there was something in the air, you could feel like there was a tension, and yet, and yet, there was zero tension for the match, zero tension for anyone wearing a Celta de Vigo uh, jersey. Like, it was totally relaxed, totally fine, other than, like, you know, the hint of the tension, the political tension that was going on in the background. Because that really is, you know, at the core of Barcelona as a club, so much of the tension is about that Catalonia and the rest of Spain tension. More it is around, you know, a German or another international, because Catalonia has become such a globalist city. And I think that does kind of paint what it is. I mean, Stuttgart, having been there, you know, as a, no offense to anyone in Stuttgart, but not a honeymoon destination, a mistake that that five years on, I continue to say and apologize to my wife about, Stuttgart is not a, ho- a honeymoon destination. Wait, but wait, wait, it, wait. You, you, took, you took your wife to Germany listen, for, to, your hon- for your honeymoon? We should have gone to Munich. I, listen, I, I've, I've been accountable many, many times. Wait, 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 wait. Stuttgart. But we're, you, should have gone to we, su- you should have gone to Southern Germany. And then we should have. I, listen, are, are you sure that you have learned your lesson then? This is, I have apologized over 300 and, and well, I, we did it at like, show what, the 70 or whatever. But anyway, whatever episode I apologize for the first time, I continue to apologize. But anyway, uh, while Stuttgart isn't a, a honeymoon destination, it certainly, again, was pretty hostile. So for me, I was glad that I wasn't wearing any Leverkusen or uh, at the time, Julian Brandt was their star player. I, like, I'm happy that I didn't applaud for Julian Brandt, even though he was great in that match or anything like that, just because of. Like what that meant for you, I mean, that just how uncomfortable it is for away supporters. And I'm not telling Kool-Aid's to do that, or I'm not saying that Barcelona should be any different than it is. But I do think that the globalism that affects Catalonia and affects the just the city of Barcelona, for everything good about Barcelona, that's the bad thing you get at the stadium. It's not hostile at all. Like we, my wife and I, it was hostile to us because we weren't German. Yeah, at Stuttgart by Leverkusen. Like, we weren't Leverkusen fans or anything. Like, we were wearing, I, I think I had, like, a Stuttgart pin or something that I had found. But yet, we were still being pushed around and, you know what I mean, on, 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 the, on, the, uh, on the subway. And, like, it was, it was just something. It was just something different. And you're right. Yeah. It's not the same and, thing in Barcelona. But I don't know if I'd want it to be. But it also creates problems like this. Where are you taking her for your 10th anniversary? Eastern Siberia? I think we're going to extend, we're going to get rid of the German part of it, and we're going to extend the Barcelona part of it, and maybe just do the, you know, 10 days, whatever it is. And Barcelona is definitely part of the answer, but uh, any other parts of it uh, is going to be nice weather, definitely nice weather, <laughs> no rain, no no cold, you know, anything like that. Again, no disrespect to Germany, but... Take, take it to Italy or to Paris, like, you know, make it up to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a few more years... Few more years to plan that. Five more years to figure that out. But yes, I, I've learned my lesson. No offense to Stuttgart, but we'll not be returning. But yes, but big picture wise, again, as we're going to continue, just kind of move past this match because I agree with you that as much as I want to break down the X and O's, other than saying why was Vicente there, why actually we answer we answer that question, we know why he was there, discuss the near misses, 
you know, talk about the fight late on in the last 10 minutes, that belief that really existed and kind of could have turned it. But again, a little bit too late. But big picture wise, I think this team, you know, I think in the past on a European night like this, whether, yeah, Bayern Munich was, I think, obviously the, the low point, but even Roma, even all those things. The next Liga match, I was a little bit afraid, like, has this team completely gone off the rails? Have they lost the point? Have they lost the plot for the season? What's going to happen? Instead, this is just me being optimistic, my belief in Xavi. I think that they could go out against Cadiz and blow them off the pitch 8 nothing, right? Like, we can expect some kind of response from this team that I don't think existed before, and that's why I'm going to continue to be positive for the rest of this season. I just hope there's not going to be 25,000 Cadiz fans <laughs> in the stadium on Monday. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, are there 35,000 total Cadiz fans like that exist? No offense to Cadiz again. I'm throwing shade here, but yeah, I don't think you're going to see the same thing there. But I mean, Real Betis, right? I think Real Betis is at home. So you might have... No, Betis is away. What, Betis is away? Or is it... Yeah, yeah, yeah we lost the one at home. Right. And then we also see a dad's away as well. So, yeah. okay. So yeah, any any supporter groups with more than 25,000 people will probably not be a problem because <laughs> they're on the road. Yeah, I mean, wow. That's... Honestly, that that Surreal, is right? the yeah. only story about about this match. Mm-hmm. What happened off the pitch impacted us so much more than whatever happened on it. Insane, insane. I think first of all, like you asked, how to solve it? They, they need they need to look at the people who have season tickets and don't go to the games. If you have a season ticket and you do not go to the game, you should not have a season ticket. And that's they, all tracked with scan, right? Like the minute you scan in. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I mean, yeah. I I have somebody else's season ticket. That that person is not making any money off of me, you know. But uh, that 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 person says, "Oh, you know, you you pay what it costs mm-hmm. for that season ticket," and I go to the games. Why why would somebody do that? Well, you know, people have children. Those children are going to grow up, and they might want to have their season ticket. Like a lot of uh, a lot of uh, season tickets, they're not really tickets. They're uh, they're a seat. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, it's it's a family heirloom. Yeah, like right. it's one hundred percent legacy. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's it's part it's part of their family. So some people don't want to give it up, but then they don't want to pay it and not have anybody go to the games. So it is very common for for people to go on other people's tickets. Now it might be that you know I I know somebody who has a season ticket, and sometimes he goes, sometimes uh, his his cousin goes, sometimes his brother goes. They kind of share it. They pay it together. It's like their family season ticket. Um, the girl sitting next to me, the season ticket is her uncle's, but she is the one who always goes. Sometimes she cannot. Then her sister comes, and that's the same. Like she pays her uncle for the price of the season ticket. I don't know why the uncle doesn't want to get rid of it. Oh, it's easy. Why they want to keep it in the family? However, there are a lot of people with season tickets whose seats stay empty. That is something that the club needs to solve. There's more than ten thousand people on the waiting list. Let people go go on the waiting who are on the waiting list. And and you know what? If the people who are on the waiting list don't go either, then get rid of those season tickets and lower the, and lower the prices. Yeah. For for loose tickets, because I I can understand why the regular seats or the the, the loose tickets, uh, why they cost a lot of money. It's because the season tickets are relatively cheap. So they try to balance it out yeah. by saying, okay, you know, for our for our members with a season ticket, uh, let's keep it affordable for them, and let's make up with let's make up by selling like uh, regular tickets for a higher price for for the tourists, for people who go every now and then, you know. Yeah, I mean, and I think and, in theory, not to say there's no excuses, but in theory, with the S by Barca project extending, I mean, it's the biggest stadium in Europe 
to begin with, and then extending it and creating more seats and more potential for, for I mean, revenue, of course. But like, I mean, I selfishly would want as an international, somebody who, again, doesn't get to go every few years, like I would get to go, that I would just want access and affordability. Like those are two things. Like, I just want to make sure when I go to Barcelona, which is a club I've given a lot <laughs> to, I'd say that tongue in cheek, but you know, I would want to be able to go and I want to be able to afford to be able to go. Like those are the two things. As long as that threshold is met, you know, not say it doesn't matter to me how, like, who, which Kool-Aids get into those seats, but that it does, it doesn't truly matter to me as long as there are Kool-Aids in those seats and that stadium is filling up. And again, from where I sit, you know, the more revenue that is generated by this club by filling it with with Kool-Aids, match in and match out, then the more revenue is made for players, the more revenue is made for again future investments, for digital <laughs> investments, for things like that, right? Like that support the club and just continue to grow Barcelona not as a brand, but as an actual capitalist enterprise, um, which is, again, this is like the boring who cares stuff, but it, but it winds up caring. And I mean, it winds up mattering today because you're right. Yeah. This was the only talking point. So, Levon, I'm going to give you the final word here. I, I, I think you're right. There was one thing to talk about here. We somehow extended this to 35 minutes somehow. But yeah, yeah I, I, I kept pivoting back to it. I'm sorry. No, no. But I think it's fair to. I think I think you were right to do that, because, again, I think. We could have rehashed this whole Eric Garcia narrative. You know, I not even defended him, but I said, hey, this is what he is this season. He could even make improvements. Like, let's not go crazy about, but five penalties in, in two matches or three matches, not great, of course. Like, that's a terrible stat. You know, I think Wait, you there, could, he was not responsible for all those penalties, was he? No, no, just two of them. But just two, yeah. two penalties but, in two matches I, is still like but, a lot. But the, hand, <laughs> the, the handball against Levante, that, like, you sure, can't blame sure, him sure, for sure. that. Yeah, I mean, but that's and that's not how people look at the the stats when all said and done. They're still gonna the the argument. I'm not arguing against him, but the argument against him is gonna be things like that. It's gonna be two penalties in two matches. It's gonna be their laundry list of issues with Eric Garcia. He, you know, he's not, you know, he's too weak at this point, which he might be. But again, he could bulk up. He still does 21. I mean, he's still figuring out positioning. It's you know, and his positioning has improved upfield uh, on the counter, but his positioning inside the box has not necessarily improved. But mm -hmm. again, he was also playing Nesta Mingaitha, so that didn't help a lot. He has also not really played that many times at Araujo where they were the two in command of that back line because PK has still only missed four matches this season. So I'm not saying I'm going to defend Eric Garcia, but with everything that you're laying out, there are arguments to be made as to why I'm not worried about Busquets, I'm not worried about Garcia, I'm not worried about Aubameyang, because the rest of the 15-match unbeaten streak says a lot more about those players and this team than this individual match did. And I think it's totally fair yeah. for you to... I mean, I think that is the very positive take to take with it. So so, so here's the, here's the thing. I think that right now the challenge is for Xavi to convince them of that. The and, team, you mean? And, and, and to make them believe, because I think the team as it is is competitive. Yeah. Like, even if we make no signings, if we hold on to the players that we have, we are competitive. We can fight for La Liga. We can fight for Europe. Make the quarters or the semis in the Champions League. Sure. Why not? Well, well, um, we'll just, we'll just add to add that. Ansu, well, I mean, PK, we mentioned, but Ansu, Kessier, and Christensen entirely changed the depth of the last two weeks. Entirely. Those three players alone change rotations and depth and just make it a better squad. I mean, yeah, but also Gavi is going to be one year older. Nico is going to be one year older. Dest oh, yeah. uh, yeah, is yeah. going to be one year older under uh, under Xavi. Yeah. Araujo, Eric are going to be one year older. Of course. I so mean, is Alba. Jolie Alba and Busquets are also going to be one year, one and year so older, will PK, right? And so um, will Yang, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people uh, point at a match like this where we get hit on the counter a lot 
and say, oh, you see that Busquets is too slow and he cannot deal with it. It doesn't really matter if you have Busquets or uh, N'Golo Kante on the pitch, on, on, on these counters. You know, they play in so much space that that causes problems regardless, regardless. So Xavi needs to stay strong. He needs to keep his team positive, our, our team positive. We need to hold our head up high and, uh, and bounce back from this. Biscalbasa. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. So there it is. Follow Barcelev, follow Levan on Twitter, down in the show notes below. I'm on Twitter too, and Instagram at the Barcelona Pod at Hilton D13 for me. And then close Facebook group, the Barcelona Podcast, Patreon is how we keep making these shows, and on YouTube with those match reviews. If you want to be more negative, I'm a little more negative over there, sure. YouTube at the Barcelona Podcast. And we've also revised the website, and there's still, as I mentioned, new things coming. Very, very, very shortly. I keep promising and pushing it off every few days. But anyway, so barcelablog.com is the place to find everything involved with what we have going on. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the show. For better or worse, wins or losses, cups or not, we're Kool-Aid till we die. So until next time, we'll talk to you soon on Barcelona. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.